Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, January 10, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have an enormous amount of information on the docket today. There was a lot to be learned today from an inside the numbers perspective, an inside the numbers live room perspective, a market perspective, the daily chart perspective. We're going to learn and look at a whole host of stuff, some of the stuff you're not even going to see coming. The first thing we do is take a look at the daily chart. Let's assess the situation, see what's jumping off the page. We'll discuss the 458.50 in a little while. I'll mind you, that wasn't necessarily the first buy area on the board. However, like I said before, there was a lot to be learned today. It'll become more clear when we get there. So right now on the daily chart, what's jumping off the page? Two things right away. The coming up short of the 100-period moving average is the first thing, and the higher lows is the second thing. So higher lows are really from back here. We have a low, a higher low, a higher low, and so far, a higher low coming up short of the 100-period moving average. Is anybody surprised at that? And the answer is, not really. Well, there may be some people surprised at that, but yours truly is not surprised at that. And you'll see more evidence of that from the notes from inside the numbers. I really wasn't expecting the market to get down that far. So from a bull perspective, we have a couple of things on the plate. We have the higher lows. We have a reversal day on volume. What does that mean? It means the market was getting the old flusheroo in the morning. They turned around, finished on or around the highs of day on pretty decent volume, well above the average daily volume. We had today about 111, 112 million shares. Little bit more as they settle things out into the end of the day. You can see up here it's approaching 120 million shares. Now, if you just look at the end of the day, you say, oh, the Dow was down a little bit, the SP was down a little bit, the NASDAQ or Q's finished up on the day. So basically, it was a not much happened type of day, but a lot of stuff happened type of day. Taking a peek over at the weekly chart just to check in, what did they do? How about running a test? of the 20-period moving average one more time. Now, it's certainly not the same as it was long ago before they even hit it and haven't hit it in a long time. So when you go from all the way back here in November of 2020, they don't hit it until they get to September of 2021. So it's different now that they've hit it multiple times than it was before. But until they begin closing weekly below that 20-period moving average, it's still garden variety support from a guideline perspective. Now, let me answer the next question. Is the market just going to take off from here, run away, and make new highs? I'm not in the camp. It will. But don't be surprised to see some further rallies sooner than later. The market goes down, the NASDAQ reaches, or the Q reaches, or they both reached. Either way, something in the neighborhood of 10% from their highs. People get excited. We've got turnaround Tuesday in front of us. You have higher lows. Pretty good recipe for some bullish type of discussion. And remember, 
big swings in both directions. This is not your father's Oldsmobile market anymore. And if some of you don't know what that means or have never heard of that before, then you're not as old as I am. You're not old enough to know about the Oldsmobile commercials from the Stone Ages. In short, this isn't your father's market anymore. We really have changed from a buy-the-dip type of environment to what should be going forward, a sell-the-rip environment. We will get rips. We will get more selling. They'll test and retest. They'll rip you back and whip you back in both directions. And case in point, those traders in the lazy swing trader short Q trade with options, we covered half or at least a third of the position today. We now have a risk-free, emotionless trade on our hands, having booked profits around the lows. Nice trade. Here's a 240-minute chart, by the way, of the S&P or the SPY. Let's take a look at where they might be headed if they continue higher into Tuesday. You have a convergence of moving averages, one at 466.5. You have another up at 469, give or take a little bit. It'll move up tomorrow. And then you have the big fat round number of 470. So in that neighborhood, into these moving averages on this chart, and of course the big fat round number of 470, which has a tendency to be magnetic, would be a target if we see them higher on Tuesday. Looking at the 120-minute chart, we see some confirmation of that general zone, a convergence of these moving averages, the 20 period, the 100 period, they're converging into one another right underneath 470. Again, makes sense if they spike into that into the big fat round number, there should be overhead resistance around that area. Before we go over to inside the numbers, I just wanted to discuss the short-term chart from today. So obviously this is today's activity on the right side of the page. You had a gap down this morning. They came into a lower level than I anticipated, but they still never got to the price that traders, at least some traders may have been waiting for down at 455, which was a gap. We'll talk more about that later when we get to inside the numbers. But here's the point. When they're killing them in the morning, it always looks like they're going to go a lot lower. They were down a lot of points early in the morning, very few bounces along the way, looked like one of those days they were just going to kill them all day long. But when they're killing them in the morning, what's the likely scenario under normal garden variety conditions, meaning Things that happen most of the time, using the 80-20 rule, are they more apt to find a morning low and at least stop going down and try and bounce from there, or are they more likely to just go down all day long? While it does happen, and there are days like that, there are very few days like that, it's more likely they find a morning low, which they do the majority of the time, as you see written inside the numbers when they're getting killed in the morning. Now we're going to take a look at the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move, which by the way, there is a lot to discuss there. I want to run through the commentary and I want to keep something in mind. It was not an easy morning. It certainly could have went the other way. They could have kept going all day long. It's just a matter of what the likely scenario is, but they could have, and we knew that, we had an uncle point, there were a lot of traders in an SPY trade, and they could have 
been scared away, but the point that I want to bring out is, here's the value of, I'm in the trade, and you'll see it in a few moments. It's both here, and it's inside the numbers live, in the live trading room that's a webinar-based system. Let's get into the early thoughts, and then you'll see what I'm discussing later on, and you'll see the way the thing unfolded, but here's really where the value is in knowing your numbers and having somebody, at least in your corner, that knows their numbers, because I can assure you, A, a lot of traders listening to this right now or watching this video right now, and B, a lot of traders have no idea this video even exists, both traders There were a lot of traders that took a lot of losses this morning trying to pick a low. They were shaken out before the market took off. We know that for a fact because that's the way it works the majority of the time. Let's get into some of the notes, the early thoughts. Little bit of red at zero dark 30. They weren't doing much overnight. They started leaking oil as the morning went on. So we start to remember the numbers from last week. They were well above this at the time I wrote this, 464 to 463. Well, 463, give or take, is on the docket. On a blow-through, a.k.a. cut through like a hot knife through butter, the door opens for 461.10, give or take. Call it 461. More than that, we'll discuss in real time. And then we discussed an early turnaround, which we don't really have to go any further with because they didn't do the early turnaround thing. We have turnaround stuff for later, but we don't have to go into the notes in the early thoughts for the turnaround. All right, let's go up and see what happens as the day begins to get underway. So by 8.40, they're already done with the 3.63. It's really 4.63. Nobody corrected me on that. There, I just corrected myself. And what we're saying here is there's likely another test. They were bouncing off of it at the time in the near future, like during the regular session. But now we must be aware of the blow-through number down around 461, give or take, in the spirit of being prepared before the opening bell. And by the way, there's a lot of stuff in here today. I'm not going to read everything. I'm going to highlight a few things, but I urge you to pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the charts to double-check the work. If you're ever going to do that, do it today. What we're saying here is, because they already did it early, the door's really open for 461. And we have to be aware of the early rescue operation. They do that kind of thing all the time. The buy the dip crowd comes in. You don't know if they're going to do that, if they're not going to do that, but it's an awareness type of thing. Question comes in, can you short the market down to those levels or more? And the answer is you can, but it's usually a very difficult trade as far as early in the morning goes. You generally get that whippy behavior. They try and whip you out. It looks like you're wrong. Then they smash them down again. You know the way it all works. So I just want to remind traders of that. There are some traders that want to ride it down. There are some traders that don't want to ride it down. So I have something for everybody. Right before the opening bell, they could find support at 463 and bounce back up, come back later, also on the table. Again, we're not doing anything with that information, just that it can happen. By 9.31, Nike and CAH provided the minimum required base hit. We're going to get back to stocks on the move later, and there is a lot more to discuss there. By 9.34, watching SPY for the 461 zone. They got there a couple of minutes later. Showtime could take some time and an awareness. They could go all the way down to 460. It's a dollar lower. It's not that big of a deal in the big scheme of things during the morning frenzy. 
about Tesla. We'll get back to that later. Now, we want to get our faculties back on the chart with some additional trend lines or support lines as they were, or important numbers. So we had 461. That was important. I'm a buyer at 461. That turned out to be incorrect. It was correct for about a few minutes, and then it turned out to be incorrect. So we have to go lower. And you'll see this in notes, but what I'm going to do is paraphrase everything so that you can understand from both ends, from visually and textual, what was going on. Then 460 comes into play. It's a big fat round number. Sometimes they just want to go run a test, spike it through, and rip it back up. So I was a willing buyer also below 460. But then what you'll see is I had to put out the other number on the board, which was 458.50. They even went below that. We had the stop out. You'll see that later. They went lower than I thought they would, but these are the days when you have to work yourself out of the market or into a situation where you can get out of a trade that could potentially be a bad situation. Days like today separate, and I hate to say it this way, and don't take this the wrong way. I'm not talking about myself. I'm just saying days like today separate the pro traders from the not-so-pro traders. That's just the way it is. You'll see what we're talking about in a moment. NVIDIA did the deal, 941. We'll get back to those later. The just-in-caser, if they blow through everything on the SPY, 458.50 is the next big-time spot. So they spike through the big, fat, round number, and now they're trying to bounce. Still could take some time. There's a shakeout operation active. Even though they went lower, that's what it turned out to be. wasn't a collapse. It was a shakeout operation. They started edging lower. 458.50 is on the table, obviously. Nice little meltdown underway. Yes, I'm going to be a buyer at 458.50, give or take. Now, let me just roll forward because you know what happens in the end. They found support. They went a little lower. But I want to point out some other things that are important, like right here. And by the way, 1009. Again, more food for thought type stuff. Now we know, at least out of the chute, the destination was 458.50, give or take. Turn out it was even a little bit lower than that. We don't know yet, but it's a great place for a morning low, give or take. So I'm beginning to discuss what you normally look for on this type of tape. I think that's helpful to people inside the numbers and people inside the numbers live. Premature, but on my mind, nevertheless. 456.30 is a low on the SPY where if they trade below and start to close candles below can produce another leg lower. It's an uncle point on a trade for me. That was on that long trade that I was currently in. Below that, and they'll fill the gap at 455, and frankly, you don't know whether they're going to stop there or bounce off that, at that point, you're already in a trade from a much higher price. you got to have an uncle point. Getting into the original position, I never thought they would be down there, but you have to react in real time. This is a real-time business. You have to be able to make decisions in real time. No doubt there are real sellers in the tape, very heavy with minimal bounces along the way. They'll find a low, but whether or not they have to run a test of 456.31, 456.30, which is the last line of defense for the next gap at 455. At the time, you're in that anything goes scenario. They went down all the way to where they were at that point in time. 
nothing really said they couldn't go lower. It was a manage the situation type of situation. The first order of business is for the Bulls to recapture 458.60. Without that, no dice. And it goes on from there. And you'll see the last line down below is 458.60. So they get above it. They run to the big fat round number. They come back to run a test of that same area. It ends up holding even though they spike it. And that's where they go from there. So that was really an important spot at the end of the day. And we're moving along a little bit. And you could see that mid-morning lows started to take hold. And by the way, that was right over here before they made a new low. That's called a secondary shakeout operation. Traders think they found the low. They want to hop on board. They get a quick pie in the face. They make a new low and then rip the market back up. We've seen that in many different forms many, many times. That type of activity is sponsored by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. Their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. 1042, new lows on the SPY. This trade was obviously wrong. Now it's a matter of either getting out or holding and hoping they bounce before it gets too ugly. My out point is with candle closes below 456.31. They'll bounce, just a matter of from where. So that was my line in the sand. At the time, you don't know they're going to finish on the day where they finished on the day. And they started to bounce again. And again, read the notes, go back to the charts. When they started to bounce, the prize on the 458.50 buy level is still 461. And by the way, if you bought 461 and 458 and a half with me, then you were in a profit situation when they got back to 461. That was my target. That was fine with me. I was happy to be out of the trade by then. They didn't tell me they were going to go much higher. Some traders held for a lot more good on them. How did they know that? If they close candles above 461, there could be another leg higher. So we're providing the play-by-play, the commentary as the market moves, pretty much in real time. 11.27, here's what's inside my head. About halfway through the day, here's what we've got. Traders that took the ride and believed in the stop were rewarded with the bounce. It certainly wasn't the trade I had in mind. And by the way, Jordan, inside the numbers live, was also in the trade, and traders in the room knew he was sticking with the trade because I was sticking with the trade Therefore, they had a sense of calm that at least if I was in the trade and Jordan was in the trade, then I believe there was a bounce in the future and many, many traders took the ride up. Good on them. It ended up to be a very, very profitable day for many, many traders. It certainly wasn't the trade I had in mind. Sometimes you have to go to work and focus on the next spot and know under normal market conditions, they're still going to find a morning low. From where was the unanswered question today? 461 is the target, and I'm going on a break for a while. When you're going from zero dark 30 till about noon, it's a long morning. All right, let's see what else we have. I'm going to let you pause the video, go back to the charts to double-check the work. You know what happened in the afternoon. They rallied the tape. They went back and forth. We had numbers. We were posting numbers. You had the numbers. That was a normal type of situation. This morning was not necessarily a normal type of situation. That's why we had to go to work. Now, what about stocks on the move? 
check it out. We had a nice little laundry list on the board. The only one that didn't hit its entry target was Lulu. It's off the board. It's a no trade. The rest of them we're going to take a look at. Nike, Las Vegas Sands, Take-Two, CAH, NVIDIA, Tesla. We'll start with Nike. And remember, the market's getting killed. Stocks are getting killed. But they're still headed for a destination just like any other day. Nike, 149.55, nice bounce. They did the deal. They came back and hovered around that number all day, but they provided at least the minimum required base hit. The high here was 151.33, so they did the deal and then some. Las Vegas Sands, you can see what happened here. They hovered over the first number, so it becomes a trader's choice type of situation. 36.15, 35.39, they're in the same zone. They're very close together. It is a zone. It was the second number. What happened after is obvious. Nice trade on LVS. Now, in the room, I believe Jordan took a pass on the second number, kind of did a dance in front of the second number. That's a trader's choice. They still did the deal from the first number any way you look at it. Take two, Interactive. This one was a little bit of a problem child. It didn't bounce till the end of the day. Technically, it was a stop out on hourly close below 140. So we're going to call this one a mini shit burger, and I'm going to leave it at that. Certainly on a day like today, we can't expect to win everything on the board, but stay tuned. CAH, self-explanatory, 49.41, finished over 51. NVIDIA into the zone. They did the deal at the first number. They did the deal at the second number. They took off like a bat out of hell or a rocket ride, whatever is your fancy. They're headed for a destination. And by the way, the numbers work. We have traders that love Tesla. Tesla 982 on the board bright and early today. They hit it, spiked it by just a little bit, and the rest is history. Took off on a rocket ride. No pun intended, a la SpaceX. So traders that wanted only stocks on the move, they had a pretty decent go of it today. Traders that wanted stocks on the move and the SPY trade, or traders that only wanted an SPY trade, they had to work to get the deal. This is not an easy business. Nobody ever said it was. But traders inside the numbers and traders inside the numbers live seem to be doing just fine. Now, let's mention something else. And this is one of those things that you don't expect to learn, but you're going to learn it anyway. So inside the numbers live today, Jordan had some problems in the room in terms of technology. The computer kind of got jammed up a little bit and he wasn't able to make the trades when he wanted to, the manner in which he wanted to, kind of got stuck here and there a couple of times, his data feed was essentially jamming up. So he was concerned. We talked about it throughout the day. We chatted about it. And here's the bottom line. Under normal conditions, when the market is normal, things are normal, and most types of computers are going to work just fine. But when things go haywire and you're in the situation where they're really feeding you a whole lot more data than your computer is used to taking in from whatever trading platform you're using. In this case, he's using TradeStation. It could be any of the platforms. It's not platform-specific. It's type of market-specific. When the data that's trying to feed through the pipe is more than the normal, they're trying to shove, for example... 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag, the data feed or the computer feed or the internet feed or your memory 
in the computer, any one of those or all of those things are going to slow down. In his case, I believe it was the memory we talked about. He's got 16 gig of random access memory. I believe you need more. I have a whole lot more than that. And I don't have these type of problems, I believe, because of the memory. Now, somebody with a lot more knowledge than me can certainly add value to the conversation. I'm just saying, if you're getting jammed up when the market is having a flood of volume, a lot of times, A, you have applications open that is slowing it down, taking up memory, or B, you don't have enough memory, a combination of both, or it could be the internet feed itself. Any combination or any one of those things can be the weak link. Food for thought. Now, what's going on over in Camp IWM? So they made, today at least, a higher low. Listen, we know that this is going to be an important spot. If they give up this low of 208.76, and here it is on the weekly chart, we're going to call that an Irene number, and you're going to have a bull bear battle or at least a debate on whether or not they're ready to give up that number. Now, from a weekly chart perspective, what are they doing? They're trading underneath the moving averages, making a bearish pattern. If they get back above the moving averages, back above that two and a quarter situation that we talked about all last week, that's a different scenario. Can they try and rally to do it? Yes, they can. Does that mean they're going to do it? No, it doesn't. Look, you have to understand, from a longer-term perspective, this is what the weekly chart looks like. I need my pen. Here it is. You look like this. But if they start to do this, it doesn't change the weekly chart. But when you flip back over to the daily chart, it puts them trying to rally back into these moving averages. It's obviously bullish at the time. Longer term doesn't really change anything until or unless they get back above all those moving averages and really back above that high they made last week to 27.13. It's a long way off from where they are now. Can they rally for a few days? Of course they can. If they give up this low over here, that's the Irene number. Longer term, they're going to give it up. Do they have to do it tomorrow? No, not necessarily. The folks out in Silicon Valley annexed over in Austin, Texas, the Q people. Same reversal as you found in the SPY, same routine, big fat round number, 370. Other than the fact that it was a big fat round number, they could have certainly went lower, but big fat round number, good place to take profits for the swing trade in the QQQ options. Also good place to slip that back in in case you forgot. Now we have a different situation on the daily chart of the NASDAQ or the QQQ than we do in the SPY. How's that? Here's a low. Here's a higher low. Here's a lower low. Here's a lower low. This is not the same situation as the SPY. They're already making lower lows. They're already telling you it's a different type of chart. Doesn't mean they can't bounce for a while, but this chart is in a weaker situation. Look at the weekly chart below the 20 period moving average. They may get back above this week and start rallying from there. But while they're below, it's in trouble. It's not in the same position as some of the others. Longer term, you have the higher low thing working. So you have lows, higher lows, higher lows, higher lows. If this holds from a weekly chart perspective, higher lows. Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. 
depending on which chart you're looking at, you have to be honest about what's developing on that chart. Daily chart, not the same as the SPY. Weekly chart, still higher lows. Again, they may bounce for a while, but let's be honest about things. Are they going to leave the 200 period moving average alone? No, they're going to ultimately go get it and likely a lot lower. If they bounce up from here by a lot, then we're not interested in the 200 period moving average. If they came into it tomorrow, we may be interested or maybe slightly lower. Jumped around a little bit tonight. We're going to circle back to the folks down at the transportation department. Didn't mean to diss anybody over there. Remember what they were doing last week. They were basically eating time off the clock above these moving averages. Now they've given up the moving averages, so it changes the complexity of what's going on. Above all the moving averages on the weekly chart, not a lot changed. Daily chart, which we have to worry about over the next several days, things change. Can they get back right above these moving averages? If they do, that's bullish. But remember, second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. This was down 1.5% today, still down 250. Below 15,007, and there's trouble down at the transportation department. How about the financials, the XLF? They didn't finish down much, but look at this hourly reversal from the first hour of today. Now, maybe they're going to try and climb up more of that breakdown candle, but until or unless, and again, this is the all-time high, just happens to be the same candle, but generally speaking, look at the volume on that. Generally speaking, they're going to climb it, they're going to try it, but that's really telling us that with this bearish wedgish thing going on, likely story is there's another leg lower coming. Smash Mouth, same as all the rest. They had a nice reversal today. They made a lower low, came up short of the moving average, big fat round number, bounced off of it. Same as basically all the other markets. It's basically a rising tide lift all boat situation. The markets begin to bounce and just about everything, not everything, but just about everything turns around and starts rallying at the same time. It's kind of an all the same market scenario. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. It's everything we needed to and wanted to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.